welcome back to another episode of Stories from a Mountain Town. Um, this is your host, Tyler. It's just me today. Uh, I've been really busy lately and couldn't find a guest for today's show. And we've taken a little bit of a break, but we're back. We got a few guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. Really excited about all those people coming in. Um, uh, as always, we are brought to you by Snake River Brewing. Um, I'm actually drinking some wine right now, but have these out here for uh, you know product placement. Um, today, I kind of wanted to just talk to you about a general Jackson Hole summer update. Tell you how things are going here. Uh, what it's like living through a summer here. What I do here for fun in the summer. Um, talk about a little trip I took recently to Steamboat Springs for the weekend. Um, that was really cool. Um, and then wrap it up with talking about Yellowstone National Park. I just went there for a little day trip with the dogs. If you saw any of my, my Instagram stories or anything. Uh, it was really sick. Um, but yeah, we'll get to that. So, first and foremost. Um, Jackson Hole Summer. Jackson Hole Summers are... The old saying goes here that people come for the winter and stay for the summers. Um, because everyone knows Jackson as being this outstanding ski destination, snowy mountain destination, snowmobiling destination, all those things. But what they then learn is that our summers here are just so much fun because... You know, once summer hits, you know, er early to mid-June is a normal time for this. It just, like, doesn't really rain or it's not really cloudy until, like, middle of September or October. Um, I mean, there's, don't get me wrong, there's sporadic storms that'll blow through or there's a couple days that'll be cloudy in a row. But, like, pretty much every day is just this cloudless 80 degrees and it's dry so it's not humid it's not like that minnesota heat that i uh, you may have heard me talk about and that i grew up in you know you can go out in in long sleeves or like or some light pants or something and you're not sweating your balls off you know you can actually be outside enjoy your the patios your patio restaurants patios you can go on hikes and and if it's not one that's like pushing you physically you're not going to be dripping sweat. Um, and there's just so many different activities to do. You know, in, in the winter, it's it's kind of your one of two activities. You're either skiing, snowboarding is one, and then snowmobiling is another. You know, cross-country skiing is common. Um, but, like, outside of those few things, there's not really much else to do because there's just so much snow everywhere that you can't do anything. But... In the summer, I mean, there's hiking, there's mountain biking, there's fishing, there's hanging out on lakes, there's paddle boarding, there's floating down rivers on a tube, there's, if you have a boat, driving boats around on the lakes, because there's quite a few lakes around here, actually, um, there's camping, there's riding, riding your road bike on the, on the, path, on the paved pathways, there's bar hopping around town. There's patios on, um, at the bars and restaurants and breweries to hang out on. You know, there's bonfires to go to. So the summers are more. The summers are for people who don't necess- who aren't the the most extreme skiers or most into skiing. 
um, where you can come here and there's a wide range of um, of less extreme activities to get get yourself into, and um, and I just think that's really really special where uh, um, it doesn't you don't need to be specialized in one little area to have a good time here in the summer. You can do a little bit in a lot of different things, and I think that shows by the amount of people that come here in the summer. Jackson Jackson gets about a million tourists a year in the winter, and then. 3 million tourists in the summer. And I think that's because, well, a couple of reasons, all those different activities, you don't need to be a one sport athlete to have fun here. Like I just said, but there's also, um, both the, both the national parks here are mostly shut down in the winter. So you can't really like drive through them. Um, Yellowstone, you can't drive through at all. There's like one, excuse me, one little road that's open and that's kind of for the the wolf watching and the bison watching and the elk watching that goes on up there uh, all the way up in the Lamar Valley. Um, but so we see a lot of people that drive from wherever and this is kind of their base camp between the national parks or th- um, from going to Yellowstone or they go from, you know, here to Bozeman or Bozeman to here. Um, you know, uh, there's a multitude of, of combinations of, of paths, but I think there's a lot more families that come here during this during the summer. So, um, really, just the summers are. I can't I can't sp- stress it enough. The summers are amazing here. Um, which kind of brings me into my next point. It has been insanely busy here. Um, we all thought. I mean, I'm sure everybody in the country thought that not many people would be traveling due to COVID. And we thought, especially here, after all the warnings, like don't don't travel, don't come here. Our our, our mayor and I think our governor both said, like, stay at home, don't come to Jackson. We want to stay safe. Um, even after that, our the the numbers that they track of like campsites and visitors into the national parks into Grand Teton National Park, we're tracking higher than the average year. <laughs> and the average year, like I said, is three million people come here. So, you know, over 3 million people will, will come through during the summer. And um, I'd be interested to see if they could calculate, you know, uh, on average, what, how many people on a given day are in the, the Jackson Hole Valley. Um, you know, because we have about 12,000 residents between Wilson and Jackson. You know, I always wonder how many people are here at any given time. And then obviously it, it goes up and down. But on the average day, how many people are actually in town? I always think about that. Um, so, so downtown for us has kind of been a no go, um, just because it's a lot of people from different areas and we don't know how they've been treating the situation, if they've been washing their hands, if they're sick or they're just going for it. Um, so we're trying to stay to the local areas, try to stay t- to the wilderness, to the mountains, to our house. Um, and everything's been going well. Um, and that's one thing I wanted to, I wanted to bring up is, we've been noticing and I've been hearing stories that people are coming here and it's like they forget that we're a real town. You know, they, they were so they've been social distancing and wearing masks and doing all this stuff in their own town, in whatever town they come from. There's a lot of people from Texas here, a lot of people from California here right now. They're doing all that there. We know that, but all of a sudden they get, here to Jackson and they just decide that they don't have to. Um, and, and I'm not, 
I'm not really one to care too much about what's going on with that situation. But to just forget that there is people here that are going to see a couple thousand people, a couple thousand random people in, a, in one shift at work. And, you know, what, what, what are the odds that they, that one of them could have coronavirus? I don't know, but it's, it's interesting that people would follow the rules in their own hometown and then come to a town, you know, seemingly because they're on vacation, they feel like they don't need to do that sort of thing or, or whatever it is. But uh, I really like to ask if there's anybody out there that's traveled here in the summer or going to travel here soon. Please just remember that there are people just trying to live their lives, grow their business, stay stay healthy, and uh, we still have the same rules as everywhere else does. We're all just trying to get through it. Um, so thank you. Uh, now moving on to something more friendly. Um, my main activity in the summers is mountain biking. Um, I got my first or first mountain bike since I was a kid last year at the beginning of last year over here at Wilson backcountry sports from Andy. Um, shout out to Andy. If any of your, you or any of your friends are listening, um, Andy took care of me better than any roughly pretty much any business owner I've ever encountered has taken care of me. He, he recognized that I don't really know what's going on with my bike. You know, I'm, I'm enthusiastic about biking, but I don't know how to run it. I don't know how to fix it. Um, and I've told him, I want you to be my main service provider. I don't want to do anything except for cleaning the chain and re-greasing the chain. You get to do everything and you get all my business. Um, but he saw an opportunity, I think, where there's someone new to the sport that he could, he could make a long-term client out of, long-term customer out of. He discounted, first of all, he discounted the bike off of a factory discount that he did not have to cover, but he did. Um, and then he gave me discounts on all the other accessories because, you know, you, have to, you can't just buy the bike. You got to buy helmet, gloves, you know, backpack or fanny pack or water bottle or bear spray or, you know, there's all the things. There's shoes, whatever it is. And he gave me all these discounts on all this stuff and he's been fantastic. You know, I'll go in there just probably sound like an idiot to him asking him questions about the bike or about trails or whatever, just kind of shooting the shit. And he's always, he always has time to talk to me and he's always been a really awesome guy. So, um, Andy, thank you for welcoming me into the sport of mountain biking because I've had a blast. Um, so, so the area of mountain biking that I go here, it's called Teton pass. It's the pass that goes over to Idaho and there's like six or seven different trails with pretty big vertical. Um, and they all have a, a range of terrain where some of them are more flowy, um, fast, open ones. Some of them are, some of them have like berms and jumps and gap jumps and, you know, terrain, man-made terrain like that. Features that are built into the, into the landscape by humans. And then some of them have what's called technical riding, technical trail. And that's like a rock garden. That's like a bunch of boulders sitting in a random array that was just there that when they made the trail and then you got to navigate your way through it. Um, and it's all really, really difficult trails. If you're, if you're listening to this and, and want to figure out, like want to see what I ride, go and YouTube 
um, Lithium Trail Teton Pass, and this video by Nate Hills does a great job of showing it off. He breezes over everything way better than I do. And due to the GoPro effect, it doesn't look as steep as it is. But that is one of the gnarliest trails I've ever ridden on a mountain bike anywhere. And it's right in my backyard. Um, so because of that, I think I've been able to get a lot better in the one and a half, almost two full seasons that I've been really being an avid mountain biker. And it's been so much fun because, you know, I can, a, a classic Saturday for me lately has been, I go out and I do some sort of pedal ride where I pedal up something with the dogs and then ride down it. And it's usually a milder trail, trying to find something, but with a creek nearby for the dogs to, to be in and cool down in. And then bring them back, make a lunch, you know, maybe we go hang up by the Snake River to cool them down even more if it's really hot out. Um, and then I'll leave them here and I'll go over to the stagecoach, park my truck, and then hitchhike up. And this is one of the coolest pieces, the coolest parts of Teton Pass, the, the Wilson mountain biking culture, is locals around here, and I, I've done this plenty of times, if you see a mountain biker at the stagecoach, the bar right at the base of the pass, right in Wilson, and uh, you just pick them up and you bring them to the top or one of the trailheads because a lot of people drive over to Idaho every single day from here. And so they're already going that way. So they're just are super generous and just like let you sit in the back of their truck bed or sometimes they'll let you sit in the, in the truck or in the car with you. Um, but they're all really nice, fun little conversations. And it's just this really cool little cultural piece that you don't find anywhere else. I've never heard, I, I like, I tell people that the, of what I do and I'm like, yeah, I just hitchhike up the pass or, or yeah, I picked these kids up and I brought them up the pass and they're like, what you did? What you hitchhiked? They allow that? That's legal. Like I've had that people questioning if it's even legal and I'm, I think it's legal. I don't actually know, but it's just this awesome piece of, of Wilson culture that I just, I think it's outstanding every single time because it sitting, sitting in the back of a, in the bed of a truck going up the pass, watching the valley floor below you. And it's the sun's often setting at the time I do it. And it sets onto the, you know, you can see the orange on the east side of the valley. Um, there's not a lot that can beat that. And then you pick your trail and there's, th there's three different parking lots you could go to with the different trails that would start there. And then you ride down and they all, all the single track, the main mountain biking trails, they all come down to this trailhead called the uh, Old Pass Road Trailhead. It's a parking lot with trail signs, whatever. Um, that is where the literal Old Pass Road started. And that's where it went up. And it's now just kind of a walking path that they have kept paved. Um, and then, But then you ride down the road for a little bit, down a little bit of a bike path. And then there's a little bit more single track. And then that takes you right into the parking lot of the stagecoach. Um, and you can go right to your truck go get a beer, go hang out, get some food, or you can even go right back to the spot where you hitchhike and do another lap. There's a lot of kids, I picked up these like, you know, 13, 14, 15 year old kids and they're the sickest riders ever because all they do all summer long is just is just hitchhike T-Town Pass and do these jumps and do these trails all day long over and over again until it's dark or till dinner or their parents call them home or whatever. And it's just, and they probably live right in Wilson. So they just freaking bike home. I mean, it's just an insanely cool culture that I'm really happy to be a part of. And whenever I have the chance to give someone a ride, I do because it's valuable. The feeling you get when you're, when you've been waiting there for a little bit and 
and then finally someone pulls over and says yeah hop in is is it's very exciting so yeah um all right then let's see moving on oh so i like you've seen in the last episode and if you follow me on instagram or anything i have been subbing some peaks this summer um if, as you heard in the last episode i and my my friend alex kisnergis and i climbed the middle teton um this uh, the middle teton is um just around 13,000 feet above sea level um it's the second tallest peak in the Tetons, third tallest peak in Wyoming. It's right next to just south of the Grand Teton, and it's just barely below it. The Grand Teton is like 13,700 something, and then this one is like 13,080 or so. So way up there. And it's just it was just an outstanding climb. Everything went great on my on my climb of it. Um it's just I mean it's 90% of it is a really long hike and a pretty intense hike. But then the last 10% of the ascent, you're basically climbing climbing up this a couloir. And it's not quite vertical. It's not quite a wall where you have to have ropes or anything. But you're doing some hand and foot work. Like you're climbing a ladder. You're like using your hands to get up on things. And like, and you know, it's a couloir. It's a full-on couloir. Um so it's really awesome. Then you just climb up and you get to the peak and it's just like, oh, it's amazing. Um, and that's that's up there with one of the most fun days I've ever had. One of the biggest physical efforts I've ever given because it's a 12-hour 12 12 hour day, only stopping for breaks every once in a while for like getting some food and some water. So you're moving. Like I, I had some couple recovery days after that, but... If you're into that sort of thing, definitely get out of here. Definitely text me and let me know. I'll I'll show you the route. I'll let you know how to get up there. I'll give you some beta on it, which is a new term I learned while doing this. Um, for those who don't know, beta is when you give someone some tips on a climb they're about to do or a hike they're about to do. So write that down. Um, so I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll feel in on everything that I know. And it's definitely fun to do. If you're into that sort of long thing and if you know anything about the mountains, if you feel safe in there, it's great. Um, and then the next peak that I did, or Taylor and I did, and the dogs, we did Jackson Peak. Um, Jackson Peak is a slightly lesser known peak because it's not in the Tetons, it's in the Grovant mountain range, which is on the east side of the valley. But it's the most prominent peak on that side, uh, up there with the Sleeping Indian. It's kind of near the Sleeping Indian. Um, and I think it's just over 10,000, maybe 10,000, maybe 11,000 feet, something like that. Not not a crazy tall mountain but it's a very prominent peak so that makes it super cool um and the hike isn't that bad it's about 11 miles round trip um with a lake and plenty of creeks up there for the dogs so we did this with the dogs and i think (laughs) i just had so much fun being able to do a big summit like this with the dogs like how many you know how many other dogs can say that they've been over ten thousand feet high or 11,000 feet high and Bridger and Mav have what other, how many other dogs can say they've climbed a big mountain like that? Bridger and Mav can say that. I don't know who they'd say it to, but they're saying it. Um, but it's really awesome. It's another one of those hikes. It's not difficult. It's not, it's not dangerous in the sense that you're like climbing rocks or there's like boulders or anything, you know, it's just a hike 
a long hike, bring your bear spray because there's definitely bears there. I've seen bears there. Um, but it's really beautiful. There's a really awesome lake called Goodwin Lake up there. People camp up there. Um, you know, definitely bring a launch. What we did is we uh, got up pretty early, got up there, started hiking up, um, made our stops at the waters, whatever, brought a bunch of water for ourselves and then summited and then came back down and then had our little lunch picnic, our little sandwich picnic by the lake after we had summited. So it's kind of just like a relaxing, like, okay, we're done. We did it. We cooled down. Let's have our food. Let's take our time now and let's get out of here. Get out of here safely. Um, the flies, the flies were really bad when we did it, but I think that's done with. I think that's like a middle summer thing. I, but I don't, I'm, I don't really know. Um, but yeah, Jackson peak, great peak. I would definitely do it again. I, I think, um, Ryan Brown, if you're listening to this, text me. Uh, I think Ryan Brown and Darren Brown want to do it. Um, I don't know their propensity for really long hikes, but Ryan said they want to do something kind of big and maybe get like a summit in there. So we'll see. They're coming out uh, Labor Day weekend. And that Ryan is going to be one of my guests coming in the next coming weeks. Um, so yeah. Um, let's see what's next. Ah, Steamboat Springs. So yeah, Jackson Hole summer in all amazing. This is my second summer here. So much fun. I don't know if I would say that I came for the winters and stayed for the summers. I think I came for the winters and stayed for the winters, but I, I've been having so much fun here. The ability to just be chill and not be sweating all the time. And the multitude of activities you can do every single day is amazing. So it's great, but don't come out here. Promise. Um, all right. Steamboat Springs. So yeah, I just got, um, so some of you may know Taylor Weiss, my girlfriend is, she took a travel nurse assignment in Minneapolis, um, to be near her mom during, um, during her mom's cancer treatment, um, which is great. I'm, I'm happy she did it. Happy she could be around her mom for that, for that challenging time. And, um, and that's all good. And she's making good money. Uh, but so since she's gone, I have all this, you know, free time on my hands. I'm a f semi-free man. I can kind of go where I please. Um, so I decided last weekend or two weekends ago, I was just going to drive down to Colorado because I wanted to do a camping and mountain biking trip. Um, and I was looking around. I mean, like, you know, stuff in Idaho, but not till you get a little bit farther west. Uh, stuff in Montana, but I don't really, I didn't, I've been to Montana but I wanted to go to Colorado. I haven't been there in a while. So I was looking and Steamboat Springs is kind of the first town, the most far north, like real mountain town. Um, <coughs> whew, not COVID. Um, so I, I, I did some research. I found out that there's this area called Buffalo Pass. And it's, it is a, I think it's a real pass that goes through the mountains, but it's dirt. It's like gravel. So it's not like Teton Pass or Togany Pass. It's like gravel. It's like, a shitty road. Um, and there's mountain bike trails. It's like a full trail system, just like Teton pass would have. And, but I, then when I learned when I got there is there's camping all the way up it, like the whole way, like sites everywhere. And I got there. I mean, I work kind of kept me here for a little bit later than I wanted to, but I drove down there, got there a little bit late, like at just at sundown. 
and couldn't find a uh, site on the, that Friday night. So I just uh, slept in my truck, which was fine. Um, big truck, uh, well, plenty of room to spread out and the boys are fine too. Uh, but we wake up and we do this trail. I forget the name of the trail now, but it's right next to the trailhead. It's kind of a, kind of a big loop that goes kind of with the road and then back to the trailhead. But as most people know about Colorado, there's, there's Aspen trees just everywhere there. So this trail was really awesome because it just wove it, itself through all the Aspen trees and, and Aspens have a pretty high canopy, I think. So you're just under this canopy and it's like, you know, it's not too hot once the sun gets up and um, they're really pretty with the leaves and the, and the white bark and things. So that was really cool. And the boys had a good time and it's this kind of this cool mountain bike scene because there, there happened to be a race in the area at the time. So there's a lot of, a lot of riders there when I was there and it was really awesome. Um, so yeah, we did the ride in the morning we went down to the town, started checking out the town, went over to, um, went over to the village, uh, Seaboat Springs, you know, ski resort. And the thing that I noticed right away and made me thankful that I live here, um, the village there is just really, really, really built out. Everything, you know, it's a lot bigger village than Jackson Hole Mountain Resort, than Teton Village. And all the buildings are like these eight-story tall condo or hotel buildings, you know, like like big, big buildings. And it just made me realize like how little the village, Teton Village is and and how they've done a good job of restricting the building height. I think they have, there's laws against that here so that you're not really ever blocked from the mountain. And I think that's so important because I, I felt like I was just like in a downtown area when I went to this steamboat village. And I never feel that at Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. So I'm really thankful that of how they've done, how they've allowed ours to to be, be built, out, built out and develop and grow but do it in a way that that makes sure to remember what they're there for. That's the mountain. That's Rendezvous Mountain. Um, so that's what I that's what I thought about when I went to the village there. Um, and then uh, because I was all sweaty from mountain biking uh, in classic Tyler fashion, I went and took a little bath in the Yampa River or Yampa River. I don't know. There's a river that goes through the middle of the town classic mountain river cold cold clean water uh just found a just found a spot to access it through a park and uh grabbed some some body wash and a towel and just went down there and scrubbed off and then uh and then went went on my merry way and it feels really good it feels so refreshing to just like cool off like that and, and get cleaned up um and then you know, did a couple did a couple errands and then found this really cool brewery. There's like a there's a ton of breweries in this town and the downtown area too. Forgot to mention that. The downtown area is this really cute, like postcard style downtown. Like, you know, Main Street going through it, shops and restaurants and things, every you know, tourist things everywhere. It was really cool and it was super busy. I'm I'm sure they're having the same effect as, as we are here, um, with people coming when they shouldn't be. Um but yeah, super busy, really cool little downtown area. Steamboat's really awesome. Um, and there's actually like a city around, you know, not there was it wasn't just the village. It was a, there was a city around it that you could actually find yourself, 
you know, building a life and having a family and having a life and that sort of thing. So it's cool. Um, oh, I almost forgot to mention. So then uh, after we do do that and got some lunch, went back up to Buffalo Pass because I knew that's where the camping was. And I just started driving up the pass trying to figure out where I could camp. And I kind of identified some spots that would be preferred near the trails that I wanted to ride and that wouldn't be too bad of a pedal. But then I just have, kept having to go up and up and up and up because it was super busy because like everywhere is right now, everyone's trying to just camp and there are RVs and that's all great. Um, but I ended up getting all the way up to the top of their signature trail called Grouse, the Grouse Trail. And this is where they had the race on. So it was a really extreme trail. Um, what I had heard about it, it was kind of like Lithium Trail here, you know, big enduro, big vertical, technical stuff. But this was this was different. This was, they had a pro line. So they had the, they had the course set up for a race and I was like, Oh, this is going to be fun. I'll follow the racetrack. (laughs) I am not good enough to be a mountain bike racer. Um, the things that they had set up for these guys were insane. It was like a nine foot rock roll into a turn that was on the edge of a cliff, um, with like loose pebbles everywhere. It was, it was nuts. Um, so like I'm at the top of this trail, um, setting up camp and I just hammock camp. So I just setting up by my, like my fire and in my hammock and things. And these guys are going to ride it and they're like, I'm like, did you guys just pedal all the way up here? And they're like, yeah, it's kind of a bitch. It's, it's a long way. It's like a six mile climb. I was like, ah, I don't really want to do that. I don't think the dogs will last that long. Cause they already had already done like 11 miles. Um, <laughs> so then they're like, well, yeah, some people hitchhike it. And I'm just like, oh, that's outstanding. I know how to hitchhike things. I've done that all the time. Like, I'll just hop in the bed of their truck and it'll be great. So I start to go. So I get ready and I go down this trail because it's kind of the signature trail of this area. I'm going down and it's hot. It's so hot. The dogs are just dying. I'm dying. It was just miserable. The trail's super hard. There's no shade. I got my, we got beat up. The Me and the boys got beat up on that trail. And we finally get, to, oh, and, oh, and this, there's like a cutoff, like you could go halfway to it and then like you could get back to the road, but I'm going down and I missed it or like wasn't there or it wasn't real or whatever. So I had to go all the way to the bottom of it and then get out to the road and try to hitchhike. And I'm like, nobody's coming up. Like this is not a real road. It's just kind of a trail. Um, hold on one second. And, and I just, I just say, okay, like I better start pedaling, I guess. Um, hopefully like eventually someone will pick me up. And so I'm just like, all right, boys, we're gonna start pedaling. We get going on our way and some cars are passing us, but nobody's picking us up. And I'm like stopping and put my thumb out every single time someone go by us and nobody did. Um, so that was pretty frustrating just to not, I mean, maybe it's just like the random people that I encountered or what, but maybe it's not a thing there, but pretty frustrating. Uh, so I had to pedal all the way back up. And like I said, it's, a, it's six miles of climbing and it's at like, I mean, you go from like 8,000 feet to 10,000 feet. My campsite was at 10,000 feet. So I'm huffing and puffing. I thought I was going to lose Maverick on this climb 
he was like walking super slow, which he never does. Like I was stopping. We'd have to sit in the shade. Like the boys were having a tough time. We'd have to, we took, it took a really long time because we had to stop so many times for them, which is super necessary. Their, their safety is above all. Um, but we get back up, we get back, we get up to the top, we make it I'm so excited. It's shady up there. It's cooler up there. Cause it's higher up. I can just relax. Like finally I could just chug as much water as I have freaking get some food going, hang out finally. Um, so then I, I brought some steaks up because I have a cast iron pan that I make that I cook over the fire oftentimes and get my fire going it's starting to burn down so that i can cook on it and these rangers come up and it's just like it's just like two kids in their 20 guys in their 20s so i wasn't it wasn't like scary but they're just like hey did you know there's a fire ban i'm just like no did you have any signs up and they're like yeah all over the place and i'm like i must have missed those sorry um and they're like yeah can you put this out i'm like yes and then they give me a warning so uh, don't, don't do any fires. I actually saw this recently here too. Um, fires at dispersed camping is not allowed at this moment because it's super dry right here, here right now. Uh, and don't start a fire near steamboat because I guess there's been, there's been fires around, which is cool. I'm all, I'm all for that. We don't want anything to burn down. Um, but then luckily I, I had a, a camping stove with me. So I just made my steaks that way and I had a delicious, the delicious couple of campfire steaks, um, uh, obviously the boys had some because I can't eat two full steaks and they love that. That was the reward for having to walk all the way up that dirt road after dad was an idiot. And then we kind of just sat out. We went on this rock and there's some exposed kind of flat rock areas. And there was this perfect little curvature. It was kind of like a little sofa, like it was like a little backrest. It was like a little spot for my butt. And then my back went up and I just sat there for like, probably like two hours just watching the sunset because when you're at that you're up that high the sunsets are just incredible um pretty much all the way until it got dark we just sat there and the boys were sitting right by me sniffing around walking around whatever and then i uh once it got dark i was just like i don't really have anything to do i can't do a bonfire i'm alone so i hopped in my hammock got that all ready to go and just kind of read my book for a little bit under the under my headlamp and I went to bed. Um, it was a great trip. And then I just and then got up in the morning and uh, picked up a couple of supplies, some gas, some things. Got a oh, I got a breakfast at really a really great breakfast spot down there, right in the main drag, and uh, came home. Uh, short little trip, but it's those kind of things that I like to do when I'm alone, where I don't really have any expectations of of what I'm gonna do. I can kind of sleep anywhere like i said one night in my truck one night in the hammock at ten thousand feet um and T taylor's pretty low maintenance but those are the things that i probably couldn't do with her like she just wouldn't want to do that maybe because she's smarter than me um but it's those little those little kind of just dumb little day trips where it's just like uh, you can just kind of check something off your box off the box um are really fun to me and doing it with the boys helps having some company you know facetime and chat with a lot of people on the drive down there because it's a super boring drive southern wyoming is some of the most boring country i've ever been through and i've driven from minnesota to wyoming multiple t uh, a lot of times driven from jackson to santa rosa california 
through Nevada. That's boring. <laughs> Drove. I've driven just about everywhere in the country, and this is some of the most boring country I've ever seen. Um, dry. It's a it's a high. It's it's a it's called a high alpine desert or high desert. You know, it's like six thousand feet of elevation, but just like bone dry, like no trees. Um, some of the towns are pretty cool down there, but but in between the towns, it's not cool. <laughs> Sorry, Southern Wyoming. Um, yeah, so great trip. Love steamboat. If you're into like having a town around you, around the place you want to do the activities in, go to Steamboat. It's awesome. I'm sure it's called Steamboat Springs. I'm sure there's hot springs there. Um, I didn't see any and it was so hot. I would not have wanted to go in them, but I'm sure that's a cool aspect of the town as well. So it's great. So go there. Um, and then last but not least, Yellowstone. So um, today I'm recording this on Monday the 17th. Um, yesterday on Sunday, the dogs and I, actually before this, on last Saturday, I was hitchhiking up the pass like I do for mountain biking. And the guy that brought me up there was a guy that works for one of the wildlife guide companies here with the one of the uh they just take vans up in yellowstone and grand teton national park and they find animals for people to to see and take pictures of um so he's a guide for one of them and he was just saying how the buffalo in their rut so they're really really active right now and because of that there's some injured buffalo that then the wolves are being active so that my ears perked up at that and i was like holy shit i i freaking love wolves dude is this for real? Like, where should I go? Like Lamar Valley? Like I know these spots from all the documentaries I've seen. Where do I go? He's like, yeah, dude, just go up there, go to Lamar Valley. There'd be Buffalo around there. Go to wherever. Like they're active. So I'm like, shit. Yeah. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. Thank you for the tip. And it's this perfect, it was this perfect timing where I was considering this happened twice. Now I'm, I was considering doing a trip or doing a little, like a day thing. And then somebody out of the blue, totally random, comes into my life and has experience or has a tip on that trip or had just done the thing, like with the steamboat thing. I met these two guys um, two weekends ago, and I was just sitting down by the river with the dogs in the water, like cooling off. And these guys roll up, and they're just we're just chatting, and they mountain bike. And then they're like, yeah, do you know where to go mountain biking here? I'm like, yeah, I'm going later. And then they're like, can we come with you? For sure. So we do a lap and they're saying that they just were in steamboat and they told me all about this trail, the system that I just told you about where I camped and where I biked. And that was exactly where I was already looking. Like I was considering going there and these guys just roll into town and are telling me that they had just been there. I mean, like what are the odds of that? And they were cool guys. We did a really sick ride of lithium. And then this time I'm literally considering, Oh, I, I think I might want to go to Yellowstone one of these days. Cause I haven't really spent a bunch of time there and I'm sure the animals are pretty active right now and whatever. And then this guy just picks me up and he's a freaking guide there and he knows a lot about Yellowstone. So it's just like crazy how things work like that. Like I'm not really a religious person, but maybe there's, maybe the God is putting these people into my life for the brief moments that I'm seeing them or whatever, but, or just, just fate, whatever it is, but it's insane how this happens. And so, um, I say, yep, I'm doing it. Let's, let's do this. This, that looks sick. Um, so, uh, we already have a, I, we already have a park pass so I can just go in there, show my pass and I get in, you know, for free. We bought, we buy the yearly pass because we live 15 minutes away from one. Um, 
so get the boys packed up, pack a lunch, you know, some beers, bunch of waters and a cooler, cameras, stuff like that. Get everyone all loaded up. Uh, we leave early here. Um, we get out there and it's busy. Like it's Yellowstone. I mean, it's, it's going to be insane right there right now. They're probably having double their normal numbers. Um, but I do the, uh, where I just had the map around me, but, um, so Yellowstone kind of has a figure eight in the middle of roads. And then there's like five or so little roads going off of it to all the external gates. So I come in through the main South gate. There's only one on the South side. And then I go up and I'm trying to get to Lamar Valley. So Lamar Valley is on the very Northeast side of the park, like basically to Montana. Um, and a little bit East of where I come in. Um, so normally there's a route that goes straight there, but there's construction there. So, so you couldn't go on that, that, that side of it. So I had to go up on the West side of it through where old faithful is and all like the famous, like, um, grand, grand prismatic, which is this giant colorful, um, hot spring pool kind of thing with all this fun bacteria. So it makes it all colorful, um, all the way through that. And then up through all the way up to mammoth hot springs, which, uh, Mammoth is like, I mean, I'm sure I was like 20 minutes from Montana there at, at that point. Um, Mammoth is like kind of a little bit of a town. There's like cabins around it. There's like a fort. There's like Fort Yellowstone there, which is, I guess the army used to hang out there. Um, in the beginning days of kind of like trying to protect the park. And then there's the Mammoth hot, the actual hot springs there are like this, this wall of like calcified rock. It's like incredible. It's like this. It's like this hundred foot wall of like calcium deposits from these hot springs. It's incredible. It's so big. And, you know, along the way, there's the minor ones too, but like this mammoth hot springs, it's, it's incredible. You need to go see it. Um, so then from there, so you go through mammoth, you take a right, you go through and you start going straight East and you get to tower, tower junction or tower Roosevelt. Um, and then you go a little bit farther, a little bit farther East and you get to the Lamar Valley. And this is the famous Lamar Valley. Um, anytime you've seen Yellowstone wolves on, on Nat Geo or any documentary or whatever, it's in the Lamar Valley. They're famous. The Lamar Valley pack, they're famous for being, or the Druid Peak pack. They kind of change their, what they're classified as, depending on who has the numbers at that year. They're famous for being bison hunters. Wolves, these are the only wolves that we know of right now that hunt bison regularly and kill them for their prey or for their for their food. So they're a famous wolf pack. They're the Yellowstone wolf pack. Anytime you've seen them, if you've seen the movie Black Wolf, anything, it's these guys. So I'm up there and I'm super, I'm super, super psyched. Like I'm a, I'm a wolf nerd. I can admit it. I absolutely love wolves. If you know anything about me, you know that. And I'm up there. I'm like, this is kind of like the hall of fame of wolves that I'm in. But I'm in it at the wrong time of day. I'm at there like freaking high noon. I'm there at like two o'clock, one o'clock. So it's as hot as it can be. And the thing about Yellowstone is it's not very dog friendly. The rules in the national parks are your dogs can go where your cars can go, but on a leash. Um, so I got up there and I kind of sat there. I mean, I looked around. There's a bunch of buffalo, a bunch of bison hanging out there. I, I sat there and watched them for a while in my truck, just chilling. 
hoping hoping that something crazy would happen, but nothing did. Um, didn't see any wolves, except for the one, the two in my back seat. I saw those two guys. Um, so that was a bummer, but I can now say that I've once I see these documentaries again and the the new ones they'll come out with, I I can look at that area and say that I've been there. I can see, I can kind of picture what where they're filming a little bit better, and I think that'll be exciting and and um i will i need to go back there i need to see wolves there's just something in me and i maybe i'll bring bridger to see his his ancestors his cousins but there's just something in me that like needs to see that you know it's hard to describe but there's something about wolves and the way they operate in a pack and and now you know living with one and raising a dog that's part wolf it's it kind of connects me even deeper to the animal and i really i do need to see them i don't know how i'm gonna do it maybe i need to wake up at like freaking you know just head up there at freaking midnight and see them at you know really early morning or just find a camp spot for the night and just stay like stay up there past sunset and and whatever but uh, I I would it would feel incomplete if I lived this close to the the wolves the Yellowstone wolves and didn't get to see them before my time here is done. So yeah, um, yeah. Then on the um, so once I once I figured I was like, all right, I don't think anything's gonna happen because it's pretty hot out. I don't think the wolves are gonna be doing anything. Um, started heading back. And there's buffalo everywhere, so that's super cool. But I mean, I see buffalo. I could I could drive 20 minutes and see buffalo here. That's not what I went there for. Um, but buffalo everywhere. Um, they, a couple of them, they're in their rut, so they're pretty aggressive with each other. So there was two. They were kind of wrestling, and then they crossed the road right in front of my truck, and they were both head on facing me, and they were like making all these grumpy noises, like fighting noises. And I'm like, are these guys about to freaking? go at it right here or like or ram my truck and i was like i was seriously nervous for about for like five minutes and then maverick is losing his shit in the in the car he's like yelling at them i don't know why he's doing it but uh but he's just yelling um so we get back down go through mammoth again and then um like i said there's figure eight and i kind of went up with the left side of the eight on the on the way out and then on the way back i come down the the left side of the top and then go across the middle the horizontal piece and then there's that gets you over to what's called the hayden valley and that's another very very popular wolf spot too and more common for buffalo and and i think i think i saw in that whole day i probably saw two thousand bison in total um which are incredible animals they're enormous like they're like as big as a lot of cars and it's really mind-blowing that they can just like <laughs> that they're just you know out and about and like doing stuff sorry guys one second i'm fucking with the camera all right camera's back um but yeah so drove back um saw a bunch of the buffalo saw a bunch of buffalo went back through um went along yellowstone lake on the on the west side of Yellowstone Lake and Yellowstone Lake is incredible because it's really really big and it's really high up. I think it's I think it's probably at 8000 feet of elevation and it's like this really really big lake. Like 
I don't know how many square acres, but it's it's large. And I don't think there's many boats that are allowed in there. I don't know what the fishing is like, but it's kind of eerie because it's just this enormous body of water with nothing on it. And it's there's hot springs along the edges of it, mountains along the edges of it. Really, really extreme stuff. It's super cool. Um, so they came back down and followed that back down to the main drag, back to where it comes back down into Grand Teton National Park. And then right as I was about to get back to um, Moran Junction, which is in, in my valley, um, there's a mom, a mom grizzly bear and then two uh, cub grizzly bears walking along the side of the road, just hanging out, doing their thing. So that was super cool to see. So add that to the list of, see, we saw shit ton of bison, antelope, elk, um, and a grizzly and three grizzlies. So it's a pretty good day in the park. Um, yeah, and then finished up. <coughs> Sorry about that. Had to sneeze. Um, yeah, finished up with a good day. Um, I, I think in general, Yellowstone, it's it's really an American treasure. It, The landscape and the geology you see there are second to nowhere else. The only way you can get these rock formations and, and hot springs and geysers and mountains and elevation and and all this stuff there, this energy that's there, is because there's an, there's a super volcano under the middle of Yellowstone. And we've talked about this before in the podcast, but so this this the Yellowstone volcano it erupts every, you know, X thousands, thousand of years. It has a range of, you know, eight, it's like eight to 14,000 years or something. And the last time it erupted was roughly 8,000 years ago. So we're like right in that zone where it could erupt actually any moment. And it would be on track with what it's been, what we have records of it doing as far back as we have records of it doing stuff. And all of that energy is why Yellowstone is special because the entire, the, the altitude in Yellowstone comes from the heat of the volcano pushing the land up over time. And it's kind of just like, it's like, you know, like on your pizza crust when you have those bubbles on the crust because the hot the heat pushes it up. That's Yellowstone. There's heat under it pushing the, the crust up and making this big bubble of elevation. And that's what Yellowstone sits on. And all the hot water and the, the funky colors, it's all there because of this super volcano or caldera that's there. And it's its seriously incredible. I, I would recommend everybody in America needs to go see this. This is one of America's treasures. There's beautiful places all over the earth, but there's no place like Yellowstone. I can guarantee you that. So go see Yellowstone. But don't do it this year because it's super busy right now. Um, do it next year. Um, yeah. So that's kind of all I had for you. I just wanted to get on here. I haven't been on here in a couple weeks. I've uh, been super busy, like I said. So, yeah. In general, go to Yellowstone. Jackson Hole Summers are incredible. Steamboat Springs really fun. Um, as always, brought to you by Snake River Brewing. Thank you guys for sponsoring the podcast, helping us out. Um, you guys are great. If you're in town go there best beer in town and 
I have a new, we have a new partner, kind of of the podcast, more of, we, we do the, we, so we do their digital marketing now. Uh, Jackson Hole still works, people. The only distillery in Jackson Hole, they do a vodka, a regular gin, and then a double cask gin. And I'm not kidding when I tell you this, guys. These are the, the finest spirits I've ever had. It's, they call it a grain to glass approach where they literally, I was there the other day for this. They have a relationship with a farmer who brings them 30,000 pounds of corn or wheat or whatever they would need for that batch every six weeks or so. Drops it in a, drops it off in his truck. Like they put it in these big grain bags and they take that grain and they mill it down turn it into all the process. They, they take the actual corn and process it all the way through to create their spirits and their final product. And then they bottle it, label it, and ship it to liquor stores all across Wyoming. I think they're in 15 states. I don't want to name them all, but um, message me if you want some. I can get you some, definitely. Um, but they're a new partner to the podcast. I'm going to have the owners, Chaz and, Tra- Chaz and Travis, on here Next week, I believe we're trying to work out the scheduling, but that'll be a great one. Look out for that. Um, and go try their stuff. If you're in one of their cities, try their stuff. All right, everyone. Um, that's all I had for you. Uh, have a good week. Have fun. Get your dogs on a walk. Read a book. All those good things. Thanks, everyone.